You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Tom Bridgewater. I'm a singer, songwriter, writer, actor, musician, cinematographer, editor, daredevil, Formula One, race car driver, video game tester, wrestler, baked goods expert, and I have a master's in the art of the home skillet. And I'm Steven Yesentelli. I'm creator of the comic strip, not quite so super. And yeah, that's it. So, uh, Steven, what are we going to talk about today? Today I thought we'd talk about some comic books and some video games, specifically Nintendo ones. Those are my favorite. Regular Nintendo? Uh, probably the DS and stuff, because I like that kind of stuff. The little stuff I can play on the toilet. Anything I can sing a song about? Probably. I mean, you could also do some baked goods, maybe some Zelda-themed entertainment. Cookies. You know, no, cookies. No. Hyrule cookies. I love me some cookies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Guys. Hey. Oh, it's our producer, Jesse Sedgley. Hey, What's, yeah. What? Um, What's up? The, the real guys are back, so I need y'all to take a hike. But we've only just arrived. I don't want to lose this job. I know, but the listeners just aren't listening anymore, and we got the real guys back, so... Uh... Well, fuck you guys! Welcome to Geekly Dose. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley, and now your host, Tim Bridgewater and Stephen Nocentelli. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Geekly Dose. We are back after a several-month hiatus. A lot of things have happened since the last episode, but more on that in a minute. First of all, my name is Tim Bridgewater. I'm an actor. I'm a screenwriter. You can find me on Facebook.com slash Tim Bridgewater 1 or, or 2. I think both of them are actually valid. And, of course, I'm joined with my very missed and very cherished co-host, Mr. Stephen Nocentelli. Yes, that's right. It's me, Stephen Nocentelli. I'm the creator of the comic strip Real Super, which used to be able to be read online, uh, <laughs> but it'll be back. <laughs> and in the meantime, I've actually been uh, working on a novel and some short stories. And if you go to our awesome podcast Facebook page, you can read a review I did on Monster Hunter and absence of having a podcast that's very true so if you notice anything different so far uh jesse's not with us because first of all just a recap of our last episode steven moved across the country <laughs> so we used to be in a studio together recording this every week but now steven's in seattle i'm in the baton rouge area louisiana and we're both talking right now through a uh, google plus google hangouts or whatever so we've been spending a couple weeks trying to make sure we get this thing together and so that it'll sound good and hopefully not, you know, suffer too much from the, the change of equipment and et cetera. So I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll uh, still suck, though. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Am I hearing my audio through your? OK, I was. but OK, it's going now. All right. Cool. OK. OK. So what have we been up to since the last episode of Geekly Dose? Uh, Steven, would you like to begin? How is your journey and your new yeah, life well, in Seattle since, been? Since uh, the last episode, I've driven over 3,000 miles <laughs> okay, across the country through many, many states. I saw many, many spectacular sights. Uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. You know, obviously, we did some sightseeing on the way. I mean, how often do you actually get to drive across the country? Right. So, you know, we did typical things, saw the Grand Canyon, saw uh, Painted Desert, we went through uh, Las Vegas, we saw the Hoover Dam, 
uh, drove past Los Angeles, saw the giant redwoods, uh, drove through a snowstorm at one point, over the Rocky Mountains. Uh, it was it was quite the adventure, but needless so in, to say, in other we, words, it sucked. All right, on to the next <laughs> Yeah, no, it kind of did. I mean, being in a car for that long, it, it, you know, like not having a. Well, I mean, the key the key is to make it in, make that itself into you know a part of the journey, which y'all did by well, yeah, you know checking right. things out and and stopping and checking out the sites on the way there. So. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun, and you know I'm glad we did, and and I'm here now, so it's not like I can do anything about it. <laughs> right. So how how is life itself in Seattle? Uh, it is actually fantastic. It's great. Like I I really like it a lot better here. Um. Yeah, you know it rains a little bit more, but this uh, is, I, we, yeah, we've is, had some. I've heard about this. Yeah, we've had some good days, though, and uh, since moving here, actually, a, a brand-new comic book shop opened up, like, within walking distance, uh, so that's cool. I've actually been buying a little bit more comics lately, and mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot going on in Seattle, and I'm I'm glad I'm here. Okay, sounds good, man. Sounds good. Nice to see you. Miss you. We all miss you. Um, a little bit... About what's going on, what has been going on with me. Well, first of all, I've forgotten how to talk because it's been months since we've done this. So excuse sure. my horrible uh, hosting and everything. That's all right. Uh, I'm currently recording something, so whoever's knocking at the door is going to have to wait a minute until I'm done. All right. So <laughs> back to this. Uh, so what's been going on with me lately is the past couple months is. For one thing, I'm filming a documentary now for anybody who's been wondering uh, about what's been up. A pretty bold move on my, uh, in my, pretty, on my part, pretty bold move because I've never actually, you know, I've, okay, I've done plenty of things of creating short films and writing and acting and all that kind of stuff. And, but I've never actually created something sort of from the ground up as a filmmaker and really like directed it and edited it and produced it and all this kind of stuff. So I'm shooting a documentary right now. I'm actually kind of towards the end of it. Uh, it's called The Art of Three. So if you go to facebook.com slash The Art of Three, you should be able to uh, see the trailer for that and all the information and find out what it's about. A uh, short version, it's about uh, three guys that live in one house. They're all painters and artists. So I thought that that was a pretty cool concept. So I decided to uh, go ahead and film a documentary on them so i've been doing that as well as a lot of writing i haven't done any acting yet this year though for the most part i did have one day of acting on a brand new project i'm working on with jesse who once again jesse's not here because we're doing this differently now but uh that's gonna be pretty exciting it involves x-men that's all i'm gonna say so look forward to that uh but yeah i've been doing a lot of that kind of stuff working a new job so I've been extremely busy. It's probably my busiest year ever. So it's kind of, it almost kind of worked out that we couldn't do the podcast anymore because I really didn't have time for it. <laughs> but with that said, we're back now. I don't know how often we're going to record the podcast now, but we will be recording it again. So just stay tuned for new episodes. I don't know exactly how often they'll pop up, but they will be there. Keep your eye on the awesome podcast network page for more information on that. 
Now, with that said, we're going to kind of sort of change up our format a little bit with the episodes as far as how they're going to work. First of all, they're going to be a good bit shorter now. We're going to try to keep them under an hour. We're going to discuss a few topics and then end with a main discussion of something. And then we're going to go into the wrap-up just the way we used to where we talk about the next podcast, assuming that we know what we're going to talk about. (laughs) Which, if you're one of our regular listeners, you know that a lot of times we don't. So, with that said, today, on the agenda, we're going to talk a little bit about the Xbox One. Uh, was just announced a couple days ago. I know very little about that, but of course, that's why we have Steven, our resident game guru here. He's going to fill me in, as well as everyone else, on anything you may have missed about that. We won't keep that too long, though, just so we can keep the time flowing. We're going to talk about the latest of the new Ninja Turtles movie, because a lot of developments have happened since the last time we talked about that. Go back to some of our earlier episodes... That was a pretty popular topic for a while. Uh, So we need to revisit that and kind of see what's happened more recently with it. We're also going to talk about the new S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show that's going to be airing on ABC. Uh, For those who don't know about that, Marvel has a S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show that's going to be airing on ABC. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and what our thoughts and expectations are for that, as well as the Thor trailer uh, for Thor 2, The Dark World. So we're going to talk about that. And for the main event, and we know everyone has seen this movie now and we're kind of late, but... You know you love our opinions, so we have to give you our thoughts and opinions on Iron Man 3. So we're going to finish off with that, and then of course go into the wrap-up and talk about whatever we may or may not talk about (laughs) on whenever the next podcast may or may not be. Okay, so enough with all that. We hope everyone has been doing well, and for this point, we're going to jump into it. So, Steven, tell us a little bit about the Xbox One. Alright, well, a couple days ago, uh, Microsoft came out on stage uh, on their Redmond campus, which, interestingly enough, is like a 20-minute drive from where I am now. Uh, But I was unable to attend. I guess my invitation got lost in the mail. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Uh, Yeah. So, of course, it's their new console. I do want to kind of take a moment to say that it's interesting this year because Sony also unveiled their PS4 uh, like a month ago. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. that this close to E3, which is next month, just a couple weeks from now, um, both companies have pre-shown their consoles. Like, that's not what their big E3 thing is going to be. Right. Which I think is really interesting because it's definitely a change from everything that they used to do with these, like, console reveals and E3. And, like, that's was typically what they would you know, use the show for, like, for these every four or five year things. So I think that that is very interesting. And, do you and think, I know... Do you think it might have anything to do with, like, how with technology it's so easy, it's so hard to hide anything now? So maybe they're just kind of like, let's just get it out there and, you know, not wait for it. I think that's part of it. I think part of it is uh, as on Microsoft as a response to Sony you know, that Sony would do this, so, you know, Microsoft, maybe they didn't want to wait because of that. Uh, And I also think that from a gamer standpoint, it would, it's interesting because that means that on, at E3, they have to focus on the games and not on the system itself. Right. So maybe we'll get a lot more announcements and news in terms of actual games as opposed to just them using an hour and a half to show the system because they already did that. 
Okay, okay. Well, then that can yeah. be a good thing, right? Just kind of yeah. elaborate on the games and everything. Yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, so yeah, they, they revealed the Xbox One. It is an Xbox, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> They didn't really show a lot in terms of what the system can do for games. Pretty much all they showed was how you can use it to watch TV and movies. Like, that, that is literally what they used it for. So they and just kind of want to emphasize more so the entertainment console yeah, type of aspect so. of it. I think uh, for the show that they had a couple days ago, the best way that I could sum it up is... When they announced a new Halo project, it was a TV show. Like that—that that <laughs> right. is that's the best way to sum up what they did. Like they announced a new Halo. Oh, it's a TV show. Like yeah. everything they did, they they sort of announced the new game, but it was just like a live action trailer, you know? Like, right. and then they spent twenty minutes on sports, which I don't even know why they why every year Microsoft has to spend like twenty to thirty minutes of their presentation talking about ESPN. I mean, I don't know what kind of deal they have with ESPN, but it always happens. But needless to say, that it looks cool. I mean, the things that they say you can do when it comes to switching between the game, the movie, the TV, the music, or whatever. Like, yeah, that looks all interesting. But at the same time, all I think about is the three systems that I have currently uh, and all of their multimedia functions and how I pretty much don't use any of them. So ah, we'll okay. see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if if it actually leads to me using it for more than just watching Netflix, because that's really all that I, of all those functions, I just watch Netflix. <laughs> you know. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, a couple weeks from now, after E3, I'll have a lot more to say about it. But that's that's really all there is to say about it right now. Okay, fair enough. And I, once again, have never owned an Xbox, so I'm not particularly excited about it you know and is it's pretty safe to assume you're going to get this right and are you going to get it like on the night it launches or anything like that are you going to wait or uh i don't know because traditionally i don't i mean other than the nintendo systems but that's because i just have to play like the new legend of zelda uh unless they show a game that's going to come out on launch that's truly compelling enough for me to spend as much money as they ask, then no, I'll probably wait. With the Xbox 360 and with the PS3, I waited like a year or two before I ended up buying one, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think with the PS3, I waited about a year. <clears throat> uh, just, I don't know, and I think I'm going to do the same thing when the PS4 comes out. I mean, I, you know, it's I can never really justify spending that much money all of a sudden when I have a perfectly good console now, uh, which my our listeners will remember that my PS3 died. My friend Chad let me borrow his, and now he's just told me I can have it. So I just oh gotta, wow right yeah because he never plays it. So he's like you can keep it. Okay, so now I have a perfectly good working PS3, and there's still games coming out that I want to play. Uh, well, you see, and that's so, kind of the issue. That's kind of the issue when it comes to like system launches is the fact that, okay, so let's say hypothetically tomorrow the PS4 comes out, right? The problem is that it's going to come out and it's going to cost a lot more than it will a year from now. Mm -hmm. It's not going to have any more than like two or three games, maybe one that's actually worth buying. 
and there's already going to be a backlist of PS3 games that you still want to play. So it's 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 really hard to justify for an average consumer going out and buying it immediately unless there really is that like one like killer app ultra compelling game that you just have to play and there right. probably won't be for a couple months at least. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean ever since they announced Watch Dogs on PS3, I was like there's no reason for me to get a PS4. Because when they first brought that game up, everybody was thinking it was going to be, you know, next generation stuff. But since it's going to be on PS3, there's, there's plenty of stuff, man. <laughs> there's plenty of stuff. So I'll be sticking with my PS3 for as long as I can. All right. Well, enough about that. On to the next subject here. We're going to talk a little bit about the latest on the uh, Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, I think the last time we talked about it, it may have been regarding the title or the fact that they were supposed to be aliens. Both of those things have changed now. Uh, do, do you know about this? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Michael Bay has come out and, I guess, retracted previous statements and said that they are not aliens, that they are mutants. I mean, I still don't know what that means because... They say, yes, they're still going to be like the ooze and all, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe they won't be. It's, it's really hard to say for, like right now. I know that they're right. filming, so obviously they have these things figured out. They have the script, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I mean they've, I actually, they've actually casted the actors. They're already filming. You can find set photos of them in their motion cap gear with their motion cap uh, shells on their backs <laughs> yeah. and everything. Uh, I yeah. can't think of any of the, the actors now. I mean, if Jesse were here to pull that up, I'm sure he would have, and I don't feel like doing it. But, it, I mean, none of them are well-known actors or anything, which no. is, I mean, it, that's probably the best way to handle it because it's not like you're going to see their faces anyway. It's all going to be CGI, motion capture types of things. And How do you, you feel know, about uh, Megan Fox as April? You know, <laughs> long-time listeners of Geekly Dose will know that I am the one who's just completely I'm I'm so open minded, you know, like what what would she have been my first choice? No. But do I have a problem with her? No. And here's why. Has April O'Neil ever been uh, enough of a strong enough, well defined, complex, standout character to where someone like Megan Fox can't play her in a movie? And the answer to that is no. Well, yeah, but at the same time, she's a very important character because you have to realize that April O'Neil is the human. You know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, yeah, as, as interesting as the Turtles are as characters, uh, April is necessary for the audience to be able to truly connect to the movie because she is the human character. I mean, yeah, you can connect with the turtles, but ultimately you can't truly, you know, see things the way they would because they are mutant turtles. But April is the human. She is extremely necessary. Well, it's not, you know, it's not a question of whether or not April is necessary. <laughs> it's whether or not it matters that Megan Fox is portraying April. You know, I don't want to downplay April O'Neil's importance because I wouldn't want to see a turtles film without her in it. But in terms of who she's played by, I mean, I, I don't think it really matters. I don't think anybody's going to go into this film expecting, you know, an Oscar worthy performance from anyone. So why Certainly does it matter? Not Megan Fox. And I mean, 
why would why does it matter that it's her? You know, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people would have liked to have seen some A-list starlet who's like, you know, just a thespian. But those kinds of actresses don't take those kinds of roles either, do they? You know what I mean? Like, so it's kind of a trade-off. You know, it's like you can you may want this this fantastic actress, but is she really going to want to be in a Ninja Turtles movie? You know, I mean. It, it, you don't. It, I don't know. And first of all, Megan Fox is eye candy. We all know that. Even if that's the only thing that she is, she knows that too. But she, the thing is that I like about her is that I don't think she's okay with being that. I don't think she wants to just be eye candy. You know, she's aware that everybody thinks that she's going to suck. She's not stupid. She knows that. So I think with that being said, she's going to try harder to actually not suck. You know, I think I think the fact that everyone is expecting her to be bad and it is going to motivate her and make her try harder to not be bad. And, and and they they had to have casted her for a reason. You know, I don't think it's going to be any Transformers left a horrible taste in a lot of people's mouths in terms of Megan Fox and acting and Michael Bay and all that kind of stuff. But Michael Bay is not directing the movie, so I'm not worried about that. You know, he's producing it. I'm fine with that. The guy who is directing it also directed movies that weren't that good. But with that being said, we're going to see the turtles and CGI kicking ass. And I'm cool with that. You know, like, I'm, if Megan Fox sucks in the movie, well, then I'll be like, well, she sucked. But until I see it, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. You know, how many times has, a movie, has someone been cast in a film? And anytime anyone's cast in anything, somebody complains about it. You know, and in the end, they watch it and it might be the best thing ever. You know, need I bring up Heath Ledger? You know what I mean? Like that, that's the most popular example of that. But there are people saying the same things about Henry Cavill as Superman, which I think he's going to be awesome. You know, oh, yeah, I'm I mean, very excited for there's that. There's just always going to be somebody complaining about something. So with that being said, I'm fine with Megan Fox playing April O'Neil because to me, she's not that, you know. Now, if she got cast as Lois Lane or something, I'd be like, you know what? No. But... April O'Neil's not Lois Lane. You know what I mean? So, hey, with that being said, I'm cool with it. I don't think there's any more news other than that. I mean, that and apparently they're, they changed the name back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. Now, I don't know if that's confirmed. They were talking about just calling it Ninja Turtles, but now I'm hearing that it's being, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again. There's even a set photo from, like, one of the like the director's chair or something and it has like the logo and everything but no one can confirm 100% that that's what it's going to be you know and see that's the one thing that I never really got bothered by just calling it Ninja Turtles because if I'm talking about it I'm just going to call it Ninja Turtles exactly. anyway I'm not going right. to say the whole thing yeah so. and that's, that's something that we talked about before like that that was something I never had a problem with and even I was okay with them exploring the alien route just to see what, you know, people tend to think that change is always a bad thing. And it's not. I mean, if change was always a bad thing, then would anything exist? You know, like change can be a good thing, too. Even when you're talking about adapting your your childhood favorite cartoon or comic book into something else, change can be a good thing. It's not always a good thing, but it's not always a bad thing. So, you know. We just got to stay tuned. But, I, you know, from what I've seen of the Transformers themselves, I'm expecting the Turtles to look fantastic. And, you know, they'll be able to do so much more in terms of the martial arts now. 
Because think about the old movies where you got these guys in like these suits and they can hardly move and they'll do a kick every now and then and a punch every now and then. But now there's going to be like this CGI thing with the motion capture. They'll be able to get real martial artists in there. You know, not that the other actors weren't, but expect a lot more roundhouse kicks, flips, things that we didn't really get to see. We'll get to see some really cool kick-ass martial arts. And, you know, that excites me more than Megan Fox being in it, is that kind of stuff. Or, you know, like, I don't, I'm just, I can't wait to see a trailer. A trailer's going to tell us a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, speaking of trailers, right, uh, recently released is a trailer for a new TV show based around S.H.I.E.L.D., that's right. The organization that's featured in the Iron Man movies and the Avengers and everything, you know, Nick Fury, right. director yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's now a TV show that is about to air, I believe, beginning in the fall. Yes. Uh, based around them. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, first of all, I'm very excited about the fact that it's a new Joss Whedon TV show. I mean, anybody that's kind of followed his career, which very much started on TV, obviously. He did Buffy and Angel, and he did Firefly and Dollhouse, and he's consistently done very, very good television shows. Granted, they also consistently get canceled. <laughs> that, that, that is true. But, uh, you know what, that, that's not... Just because a show gets canceled, it doesn't really speak anything on the quality of the show itself. Oh, of course you know? not. Of course not. It, a lot of it has to do with, you know, obviously, of viewers, and a lot of it has to do with uh, money. I mean, it's one of those things, because I'm pretty sure it was like this with Dollhouse, is if a show costs so much to make, it needs a certain amount of viewers for it to be financially worthwhile. And yeah. even if it has more viewers than other shows that are successful that doesn't mean that it is successful because it's not enough for that one show so right so yeah you know granted <clears throat> a, a lot of his shows get canceled but they've all been very very good mm -hmm. in fact uh just recently i've been re-watching buffy and angel on netflix uh because it's on there in fact i'm pretty sure all of his tv shows are available on netflix for anybody interested in going back and looking at them so yeah, that has me very excited. And another thing that has me very excited is the fact that it is it's Shield and Marvel and TV, and every week we'll be able to get to see something new. And and Coulson, I mean, Coulson is alive. Yes, Let's not forget Coulson that. Coulson is back. Which, I mean, apparently they're not going to address how right off the bat, which I could understand. No. You want people? They may save that for the season finale. You know? Yeah, I'm sure it's they, probably going to be one of those like long term things where like. Like, maybe he doesn't even know. Maybe it's just a yeah, mystery, you know? You never know. And I, we'll probably get, like, pieces of it every now and then. I mean, anybody that watched uh, Dollhouse knows that Joss Whedon can put pieces of puzzles, like, incrementally through a television show to last throughout the season to, to really big payoffs. I mean, that show was all about, you know, the mystery and what is exactly going on. And, and so I'm sure they'll do something similar with Coulson being alive and... And then, of course, there's uh, the superhero, because they've gone on record to say that S.H.I.E.L.D. as a show is not going to be, you know, uh, every week there's a new superhero from the comics. You know, obviously, that as cool as that would be, that, that also would probably be very expensive. And, right. and obviously, Marvel wants to save certain properties for movies, because that's really where the money is. But right. 
I think it's going to be interesting to see who the hero character is because anybody that saw the trailer knows that uh, there is a superpowered person very prominently featured in the trailer for the show. Like someone jumps uh, out of a window or something. Yeah, weird, he like, like catches a girl and yeah. I don't know, somebody with, I'm guessing, super strength. I don't know what his powers are going to be, but I know they've gone on record. A lot of people were thinking that it might be Luke Cage, but they've gone on record as saying it's not. Uh, so I don't know. It might be someone that they make up for the TV show. It'll, I think what's most interesting is if they're going to go the route of making up superhero characters for the show which would be very cool because it would expand the universe as a whole or if they'll go like really deep into the comics and pull out characters that maybe you just never heard of because they're so small that they wouldn't be worth giving a movie to but they could feature them on the show and it would be fine i think um honestly i'm kind of expecting a combination of both you know i think creating their own characters would give them a lot more freedom and they won't be tied down by the source material and worrying about what's being what's canon in the universe and all that kind of stuff so i think they will kind of create some characters just like i mean they basically created everyone else on the shield the shields team right like none of those characters are in the comics or anything i mean they created colson for for that matter (laughs) just for the movies so i mean I think we'll get, like, a cameo from Nick Fury. I mean, that'd be kind of stupid to not... I mean, he's the director, you know? Like, we have to at least see him on a video screen or something. And I'm sure they'll throw Maria Hill in there since... I I can't imagine she's that busy. (laughs) She's not as busy as Sam Jackson, you know? I think that uh, the pilot... If if we're going to see anything really major like that, that uh, the pilot is definitely going to be something to look out for. I don't know if they're going to do a two-hour pilot... But I know that the uh, the pilot was actually written and directed by Joss Whedon. So, I mean, I'm very excited. I am very excited. Uh, you know, my, my, thoughts, my thoughts on it are very mixed. You know, like, I feel like I want to be excited about it. But it reminds me. Remember there was a point, a point in time, like in the late 80s, the early 90s, where when a property came out and it was successful, they oversaturated the shit out of it. And then there was there was a cartoon, and it was a, a live action TV show, and then there was a movie, and then there was a radio version of it, and then you know what I mean? Like it was just everywhere. And I'm I'm just I'm a little bit cautious about them oversaturating the Marvel properties and Shield. There's something special about having to wait six, seven months, a year to see these things again, you know. And now with this TV show, we won't have to wait as long, you know, because if it's in, if it's coming on in the fall and Thor is coming out in the fall or in winter, we're not getting that space in between where we really have to wait. I mean, not that S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be featured prominently in Thor. I'm sure it won't be. Uh, Captain America, on the other hand, we got next year. But I don't know. It just, it kind of rubs me the wrong way because I'm like, you know, Disney, don't don't go the whole cash cow route and start spitting out all this stuff just because you can, you know? Okay, see, I think this is very interesting to watch what's going to happen with Disney and Marvel and all of these movies and shows because I think it's going to set a precedent that people don't even immediately realize in terms of what they're also going to do now that they own the rights to Star Wars. They've already gone on record saying that uh, they want a new main movie 
every other year, uh, you know, episodes seven, eight, and nine. And they've also gone on record saying that they want to start doing uh, movies in the universe that's not those main, you know, trilogy movies. So they probably want a new Star Wars movie every year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they also, because they already announced uh, a new cartoon, which the name of it is escaping me for some reason, even is though I just read about it. Rebels or something? Yeah, something like that. Star Wars Rebels. Okay. They've already announced the new cartoon. I'm sure they have another one in the works. Clone Wars wasn't even canceled. And I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they announce a live-action TV show, too. I mean, this is Disney... And I think looking at what they're doing with Marvel, uh, you can kind of get a glimpse of what they're going to end up doing with Star Wars. I I don't know. I mean, it's it's something to be excited about. But at the same time, you know, it's something to also be a little bit scared of. Because I'm trying to think about like a, like a Star Wars movie coming out like every year. I mean, that's, that's a lot. No, I mean, if they're good, then fantastic. But I don't, like I said, oversaturation is something you kind of have to worry about too you know like we don't need too much this like i said there's something to be said there's something special about having to wait for something and that's that's kind of a problem i have with a lot of netflix stuff because now they're putting like the entire seasons of like when the rest of development comes back is the just the entire season you know i mean yeah. I, I might sit there take two days and watch every episode i don't have to wait now granted when i initially saw the rest of development it was on netflix too that's besides the point. I'm just saying that, you yeah. know, I'm trying to make a point. But, that I mean, it's not just there. the rest of development. Obviously, Netflix has done that with, a co- like, yeah. a couple of their original shows. You know, yeah. like House of Cards and... Uh, exactly. Hemlock Grove. Other, the, yeah, Hemlock Grove. Obviously, you know, they just... The whole thing all at once. So, I don't know. I think one thing that's dangerous with that in Netflix is... If you release the whole season all at once, that makes the wait for the next season even longer, you know? That's true, too. So, because I mean... it's pretty safe to assume that, you know, they're not even going to start production on a second season and well until they see how this does, you know? Like, I, oh, I would yeah. imagine that they would have to wait even longer than typical TV shows have to wait, you know? Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Shield, we'll see what happens. You know, Colson's back. That's exciting. But you, you just know that they're not gonna. We might. Who knows? We might see Tony Stark. I think. I think Robert Downey Jr. did say he'd be up for appearing in it. But there, I know that they're not going to focus on that because they don't want to mess up any of the continuity or any of the stuff that they have going on in the actual Marvel Cinematic Film Universe. So it's going to be a bunch of original side stories and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, I don't I don't know. It's just it's weird. I think uh, optimist like in terms of characters, I think optimistically uh, you can expect maybe once a season and probably for like the season finales to see you know, to see to have uh, an actual main superhero make an appearance, you know? And that's right. an optimistic view. It probably oh, won't right. even be that. Yeah, it's very optimistic because man, nowadays, RDJ man, you gotta have, you gotta, you gotta pay him the big bucks for him to show up and oh, do yeah. anything. And they're already talking about the possibility of recasting him in Iron Man. You know, if they can't come to some kind of an agreement, because now yeah. that Iron Man three has been such a huge success, he can ask for even more money. And you know, he, I know every <laughs> he I, he really like 
I mean, he's the worth it. with those Iron Man movies. Right, don't get me wrong. He's worth every penny, but at the same time, it's like, at what point do you realize that you are expendable? You know, yeah. it's very, trust me, it is extremely hard for me to envision anyone else playing Tony Stark, but this is a company. They're not going to pay you more than what they feel like you deserve, and they will recast you, you know. I think uh, with Iron Man, I would not be surprised. I mean, I know that uh, I don't think there's another a part four plan before the next Avengers, obviously. And I'm pretty sure he's already said that he's going to be in Avengers 2, but I wouldn't be surprised with Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. if they just don't do any more Iron Man movies, if they want him to stay as Iron Man and just have him be in the Avenger movies every, like, five years. That I mean, honestly, that would be a smart route to go because at some point he will be kind of old to, you know, he might just want to retire and chill and all that kind of stuff, but he can just, like you said, he can show up in the Avengers, he can show up in Captain America's movie, something like that. And this kind of ties into the review, uh, but I'll, I'll wait until we get to that to, to make my next point. But since we're on that subject, talking about Marvel and the Avengers, etc., we have to talk a little bit about the trailer for Thor The Dark World, right? Uh, I have to say this. That trailer excited the shit out of me. I was not, I, I don't know. I was not ex- that. I'm looking forward to seeing that more than anything else this year. I think, really? and, and Man of Steel was a very close second. But it's just I something about Man that. Is, I think Man of Steel <laughs> is at the top of my list right now. I mean, when, okay, yeah, you're right. But okay, no, no, uh, I'll, I'll switch that. I'll switch that. Yeah, the <laughs> trailers for Man of Steel have been so amazing. Yeah, I can't man. wait to see what the actual movie is going to do. Yeah, Thor. Thor will be number two. But so in this trailer. Uh, obviously, and, and we talked about this on prior episodes, I was kind of thinking that Earth was not going to be attacked in this movie just because, well, that happens in every movie. I mean, it happened in, you know, Iron Man 3. It happened in the Avengers. And now it happened in Thor Part 1. It looks like it's going to happen again to some extent, but at the same time, it also looks like a lot of it is going to take place in Asgard and et cetera. And I'm pretty excited about it. Because I now we have a new most director. Most of it takes place in Asgard. I think it will, because I mean, if you looking at the trailer, you see a lot of landscape shots and everything. And honestly, the new director is just giving a whole different approach to this thing. You know, yeah. as I'm assuming that that was Asgard. Okay, like some of those shots in there. You know, I, I don't know for sure, but if it is, it's a it's a very different tone from the prior movie where Asgard was. It had that medieval type of, you know, architecture and everything, but at the same time, it was clearly in another dimension, you know, the way it looked. And some of these shots look like it's more in, like, you know, 18th century Europe or something, and I think that's cool. I think uh, one thing that I'm very excited about is Thor himself, because we we're coming from his first movie where for the majority of the movie he didn't have any powers Mm -hmm. and then in avengers he was really only on the screen for like 10 minutes you know (laughs) doing stuff so this is really the first time we're getting a whole movie where thor has all of his powers you know like we're assuming anyway assuming that he's not gonna lose i don't think they would have him lose for some reason <laughs> just because that's like too typical and it already happened in the first one but you don't have to I do mean, that with I'm, every superhero at some point though i know but i'm just i'm so excited because that means that 
the threats in the movie, the things that he has to fight, or have to truly be, you know, large and threatening because right. he's a god. And so I'm very, I'm very excited about the fact that Thor is going to have his powers for this movie, and he's going to be able to like fly around and hit things. Right, and he, and going back to the whole thing about the threat being large, I mean, so large in fact that he's going to enlist the help of Loki, which I think is going to make for a very interesting twist you know they've been been talking about for a long time that loki's going to possibly redeem himself in this movie from his actions in the avengers not that he's going to be a good guy but he'll at least you know team up with thor because there's all there's this greater evil right they do that storyline all the time well and you have to look at loki's character in the comics i mean yeah you know he's the villain i guess but at the same time you know he's He's more the trickster than he is like the evil mastermind, and and in the comics, it's not, and in general Norse mythology, it's not that you know he's ever like just oh we defeated Loki and he's gone forever. I mean you know he hangs out. That that's just what right. happens. And, yeah. and so I think it would be interesting if we kind of get like a some. I mean you know they're brothers, so if we get like banter between Thor and Loki, and you know them those two characters playing off of each other without having to fight each other, I think would be very interesting. I do, but I don't, I don't want the banter to get too brotherly. You know, I mean, there's still some animosity there. I want to see that judging by this trailer. It looks like it's going to be a pretty serious film, but you just don't know. I mean, these trailers now are so misleading and that also kind of ties into the Iron Man three discussion, but more on that in a minute. Um, yeah, so, you know, we got Jane Foster in, in Asgard with him. Something's going to happen to her. I hope she doesn't die. I really don't. I really... <laughs> I'm excited as hell, man. I love that character. I love Natalie Portman. Most people think she's expendable. I mean, I think in terms of the type of character that she is, she doesn't really add much, but he has to have a love interest, and she's in the comics. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they just made her up. So I don't think they should just kill her off or anything like that. I like it. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, I don't, that trailer just impressed me, man. Yeah. You know, like, you can tell that the fight choreography is different. We, like you said, we're going to see a lot more exciting things in terms of Thor and his powers and the hammer and everything. Um, this also kind of ties into Iron Man 3. But, you know, there's a huge absence of S.H.I.E.L.D., in Iron Man 3, and there's some, specu- yeah. there's some speculation that we're going to find out why when Captain America comes out and Thor, because they're talking about maybe all of these events are happening at the same time for all these movies, and that's why S.H.I.E.L.D. is in present in Iron Man 3. That also could just be a cop-out. You know, they could just be saying that shit just to, because people were pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about that, except, um, you know, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. You know, so it'll be hopefully better than the first, which I enjoyed. But, you know, on multiple viewings, it doesn't quite hold up as well. But I mean, that that's the same for the Avengers, too, honestly. So I don't don't know. The only one of the Marvel movies that I can watch again now and still be just as excited about it is Iron Man Part One. The other ones is kind of like, well, in the second, third, fourth viewing they kind of start to lose their luster a little bit. Okay. Now with that said, keeping with the Marvel theme, 
let's shift over into the main event, which is going to be a review of Iron Man 3. This is definitely going to be a spoiler-filled discussion. I'm sorry, okay? The movie's been out for like three weeks. You've seen it already. <laughs> so expect huge and major spoilers here for Iron Man 3 as well as uh, any of the other Marvel Cinematic films. So if you haven't seen any of them, you don't want to listen to this because we're probably going to have to reference some of that stuff. All right. So with that being said, I think the way we're going to do this is I'm just going to give a brief review, overall review of my opinions on it. And you can do the same and then we can discuss. Iron Man 3 from the very beginning, I have to say that I, I was not very excited about it. I don't know what it is. You know, like it's not that the trailers weren't impressive because they were. Uh... And I just don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm getting burnout. You know, we're talking about Disney oversaturating things. And RDJ could be getting to that point. I mean, I love him, but I just don't. We can only take so much of him. You know, I I look at it this way. If I knew Tony Stark in real life, I would be like, okay, this is too much. This guy is like too much. You know what I mean? Because that's how he is. He's that guy that people are kind of like, oh, it's Tony Stark. All right, what's he going to get into today? You know, he's kind of in your face. And I feel like that that's how the movies are now. You know, like, I feel like they're becoming the persona of Tony Stark and being over the top and in your face and kind of nonstop. And maybe because of that, I wasn't as excited about Iron Man 3. And with that being said, I didn't I didn't see it at midnight, which is just kind of unheard of for me. You know, these kinds of movies, like, I think I may have been there on midnight for most of the films. Not all of them. Like, I don't think I saw Captain America at midnight. But I definitely saw, like, Iron Man 1 and 2, I think, and definitely the Avengers. So for Iron Man 3, you know, I think I I just went to see it at a regular 2D showing, you know, like, in the middle of the day. That's, that's how I felt about it. I was like, I definitely want to see it, but I'm not going to pay imax 3d prices and all this shit like i normally would have done with that being said i'm glad i didn't because overall i have to say i did not like the film i didn't hate it but you know it just there's a lot of flaws in there and we'll get into more of those in a minute but just overall my thoughts were that i was pretty first first of all immediately after watching it i didn't know what to think about it like i had to take like a day or two people were asking me my thoughts about it and i was like you know what I think I'm going to have to go home and sleep on this. Like, I'm not even sure what my opinion is on the film yet. Uh, but once it finally settled in, I decided that overall I wasn't too crazy about it. And if you've seen it, you probably know why. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. First of all, from the very beginning, the, the whole directorial style of it is different, which is to be understood considering it's a di- different director. Okay. It's not John Favreau. Of course, this time around we had Shane Black, uh, with that being said, it it's kind of structured like a lot of Shane Black's movies. I guess it's it should be, but the editing is weird. All of a sudden, we have voiceovers. We've never we didn't have voiceovers at all in Iron Man one and two. So immediately when that started, I was like, this is just a weird experience, you know. Um, so I mean, the the best way to, to sum up that film experience for me is that it was weird. So what what do you think overall? All right. Uh, it's interesting. When it comes to superhero movies, uh, there's generally two things that happen when I see them. Which is, I either sit through the movie and I enjoy it in the moment, but then afterwards, like the more I think about it, the less I like it. 
or I sit through the movie and I kind of enjoy it through the moment and but the more I think about it the more I really like it like it's it's one of those two it, there's there's never been a superhero movie where after watching it uh I can go like a year and just still feel the same way about it you know like right. you either like like start seeing a lot of the flaws and not liking it or you know just realizing like man wow that really was kind of special and you know there's Perfect. The perfect example of that is uh, Spider-Man. The new Spider-Man movie when it came out, I really enjoyed it when I was sitting through the movie. But the more I think about that movie, the less I like it. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't know. And but then at the same time, you've got uh, a movie like, and this is really, really, forgive me for this example, but Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> the more I think about that movie, the more I like that movie, and I don't know. I, yeah, is that I, that's definitely the opposite for me. me. Yeah, it's just me. But with Iron Man, even today, like I think back on it, and I just I'm I'm kind of neutral on it. You know, like as I was sitting through the movie, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. And right now, I don't hate the movie, but I didn't really love it either. <clears throat> And I don't know. I think that uh, obviously the the stylistic changes um, maybe that has something to do with it, but I don't I don't think that that's it. I'm because it's to be expected. I mean, when it comes to uh, movie property, that every other year you're getting something new in it, and then you have his jump to the Avengers, and then this like you can't expect every movie to to feel the same. Right, and I think it was very interesting that with this movie more than any other one that uh it was kind of a revenge film, mm-hmm. you know it was kind of I was half expecting Liam Neeson to start giving a monologue about you know being very good at what he does and finding <laughs> you and killing you because because that's what it was it was it was the movie really took a weird turn uh there's a scene in the movie where you know, stuff happens, people are attacked, and Tony Stark is walking to his car, and uh, people are asking him, like, oh, what's going on, what's going to happen? And he he pretty much turns to the camera and says, I'm going to find the Mandarin, and I'm going to murder him. And, and that yeah. was a very un-superhero-y type of thing to do. True. And for the rest of the movie, we have Tony Stark on, like, a revenge kick. Like, he honestly wants to find him and kill him. And right. I was very surprised by that. And the more I think about the movie, the more I think, like, who killed more people in this movie? <laughs> the Mandarin or Iron Man? <laughs> I mean, think about He was killing people left and right. I mean, he had a gun at one point, well, and he was were, shooting people. I mean, and... they were they were uh, extremist people, though, right? Not No, not... I mean, yeah, at the end, obviously... I mean, they the couldn't giant... really die, but... But then, I mean, they, but then they could have. But then they kind of can die. So that's another problem yeah, in itself. Because he he blew one guy's chest open, and and there was a huge massacre at the end where his suits were just killing everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, uh, no, they weren't all extremist people. Because when he broke into the Mandarin's mansion and was killing all of his bodyguards, but, they but I weren't thought, extremist. I mean, people. I, I thought he was just kind of knocking them out. You know. Until he got his glove and the machine gun and he started shooting them. <laughs> Is it confirmed that they were dead? I mean, maybe they're just injured now. Maybe they're in okay, critical condition. Right. I'll give them the, the benefit of the doubt. 
uh, like at the end of Terminator 2 where uh, he just from the uh, from the top of the building with his giant Gatling gun shooting at the police cars he's just hitting people in the kneecaps <laughs> <laughs> it's true he was it's like well yeah but I don't know I just I felt really I feel weird thinking about that movie because I don't know it just didn't feel like it should have I don't know like I, to I, me it's it just didn't weird. it didn't feel like Iron Man 1 and 2 it didn't which once again different director and I so I get that but I really like the feel of those movies now yeah. Iron Man 2 has some serious story problems but still the feel of it was what I liked and speaking of that I was I was mentioning this earlier the trailer for Iron Man 3 was so misleading I mean it just made it seem like it was just going to be the darkest film ever and then we get Tony Stark with his banter with the little kid and which I hated. And most people that I've heard talk about this, they loved it. They love every scene with the kid. And I'm like, don't, why are you even going this route? Because it, to me, it just wasn't funny. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want that much humor being thrown at me. This, like, a, like it kind of felt forced at some points. Right. Because it's like, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of movies that have humor in them, but don't turn a serious situation into like a joke, you know? I mean, his house was destroyed. The woman that he loved was damn near killed. There's some serious stuff going on. You know, and meanwhile, you're goofing off with this little kid who just, of course, just happens to be all alone for some reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> all it's just, the time. Right. Like, no one ever goes into, the, like, his parents never come home and see the Iron Man suit lying around. <laughs> right. And it's just, it just seemed really convenient. Like, he would just happen to stumble upon this shed that had all of this these gadgets in them and you know i I don't know it just sounds like a a really terrible plot device you know like someone said you know what it'd be cool if tony stark had some banter with a kid let's see what that would be like we we can kind of figure it out one thing that i didn't really understand uh, about the about the the plot of the movie is the fact that okay so you know his house is destroyed obviously his suits like underground weren't because they come in at the end but, you know, his house is destroyed, and, you know, he finds himself in the middle of nowhere. Uh, first of all, the fact that uh, his suit pieces can fly uh, halfway across the country to get to him down in, like, Florida or wherever he was for uh, at the Mandarin's Mansion in, like, a couple minutes. Like, that's kind of unrealistic. <laughs> like, you would think, like, I mean, not even our fastest... Uh, airships and jets that the military has can fly across the country in like three minutes like that just (laughs) doesn't happen (laughs) but then the fact that we get Iron Man and you know he's struggling to get his suit together and then he finally gets it together and it's kind of like you know half powered and But at the end of the movie, we find out, oh, he could have just called all of those other suits that were fully powered in the mansion at any point. (laughs) Like, why were you struggling with this one prototype outfit that you said was a prototype that pretty much didn't have any weapons on it? Mm -hmm. Why were you struggling to get this to work when you could have just called on any of your other suits and apparently they could have flown across the country in 10 seconds and gotten to you? when... I don't know. Did they could could he have called them whenever he wanted to, or was there, you know, he he was out communi- he was without the proper communication 
for a while. Like he needed he needed Jarvis. So the suit was out of commission, so he couldn't communicate with Jarvis. So once he got everything up and running again, uh, then he could have just gotten his stuff. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a, like uh, that's another thing. Is my memory's kind of phasing on, on a lot of kind of hazy yeah. on some things and i wanted to see it again initially but then i just decided no nah, i'll just wait because it'll be on dvd soon because yeah. they like money so uh <clears throat> but yeah it, it, it was things like that that just didn't make any sense and then of course we can't uh, ignore the huge massive purple green orange pink elephant in the room the fact that the traditional the mandarin that we thought we were going to get it's not at all what we got. At no. All. So then there's not that. Not at all. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I felt like two of the characters in the movie uh, were handled very poorly. Uh, obviously, the Mandarin was one of them. But first, I want to talk about uh, Don Cheadle and his uh, Iron Patriot War Machine thing. Basically, we get Don Cheadle finally... Uh, War Machine can be featured in like the whole movie. He's got... His suit from the beginning, uh, you know, it's painted however you want to paint it, but, you know, it's him. But he never uses it. He never fights anybody as War Machine. Right, he just breaks up like a terrorist cell or whatever. You get two scenes of him busting into the wrong building. (laughs) (laughs) And then his suit gets stolen. And when he finally has a chance to get all of his stuff back and Tony Stark calls all of his other suits in, he turns to uh, he turns over and he's like, oh, no, you can't use any of these awesome suits that are flying around. Right. Sorry. Like, why not? <laughs> but, okay, see, that, that just proves more into the point. I'm saying that just the things like that about this movie that didn't make any sense. Like, I don't I don't get that. Like you said, we've got Rhodey, Iron Patriot, which... While I do think that that makes sense that they would change his name, like if it was real life, sure. and there was this patriotic guy, and he's a he's a, a captain in the military or whatever, he probably wouldn't call his thing War Machine because that's just like no. propaganda in in terms of marketing and all that kind of stuff. You know, Although, P- PR enough, you wouldn't call I'm, it that. So interestingly enough, that. in the comics, Iron Patriot was Tony, uh, and also Norman Osborn. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I didn't have a problem with the Iron Patriot thing because it was obviously a nod to the comic book and right. the fact that yeah, War Machine, it's kind of violence and technically he didn't even have an official title in the in right. part two. It wasn't like I am now War Machine and it was all over the papers. Like, that's why I that think never... they. That's why I think they could have just kept it. Like he could have still been this. He he could have looked the exact same, and his official United States title doesn't have to be War Machine. You know. No. Like, Tony can just call him that. And speaking of that, there was no moment where both of them fought together in the suits. I don't get that. You know what I mean? That's because they didn't want Iron Patriot War Machine to do anything in the movie. That's stupid. That's one of the best things about Iron Man 2 is that moment when they're freaking fighting Whiplash and all those drones together side by side. Like, that's the part that everyone got chills when they were watching. And you have a film where, okay, Rhodey's been in the suit long enough. He knows how to use it. Everything, we got this huge threat. Let's have them team up. No, instead, let's turn Pepper into an extremist soldier and use her. Which, I'm, I didn't have a huge problem with that. It was kind of cool. cool. It was kind of cool to see them do something new with Pepper. Like, putting her in the suit 
for a little bit and then making her an extremist. I mean, that was kind of extreme, but <laughs> but it wasn't terrible. But I would have much rather see Rhodey and Iron Man team up, do something else cool, instead of having Don Cheadle run around without his suit on, you know. There was yeah. just no point. I don't There really wasn't a point to that at all. I get it. The, okay, the theme was more so we want to show that Tony Stark is still a hero even without his suit. And I think they did that. But at the same time, we're not watching the movie just for Tony Stark, are we? The movie's not called Tony Stark 3. Okay? It's called Iron Man, which means we want to see more of him. And I think it was I think it was cool, you know, that we got to see an evolution of his suit. Now he can just call it to him and that kind of stuff. By the way, they didn't explain how any of that worked. They just started off the movie with that. You know, well, they, yeah, like they, they could have built in his arm. right, but I, I mean, know. come on, like they could have built up to that, you know, like maybe yeah. he could have used the suit from the Avengers at the beginning a little bit and been like, okay, now here's my new suit, and then you I know, kind of the built whole, to it. Uh, the whole Tony like loses his suit thing, it kind of bled out throughout the whole movie because you have Tony not having his suit. You have uh, Rhodey not having his suit. And then in the very end of the movie, during the, like, final battle, he wasn't even in the suits that were fighting. Right. You know? At least, at least so, not for that know. long. No. He so would hop in one and really... it would get destroyed and even hop into another one. Yeah, Which we looked cool, really get but didn't make any of... sense. <laughs> yeah, like, how, were, how come all of a sudden his suits were so easily destroyed? <laughs> like, right. what is that all about? Yeah, I mean, I know those extremist soldiers were strong, but shit, you know? I mean, yeah. and then, of course, there's the big, which was rumored to be the Hulk Buster armor, but it didn't serve a purpose. Matter of fact, nope. where the hell did it come from? All the other ones flew there. Did that one just run across the country? Yes, at know? super speed, because it got there in five minutes. <laughs> like, I well, don't... you know what? I can tell you exactly what that is. That is... Uh merchandising right there because yes. when you look at the line of Iron Man toys that came out with this movie the whole uh like the big deal with it is if you like the interchangeable parts so like if you buy five different looking Iron Man suits you can make your own because they're all interchangeable and so you know a lot of that was Disney saying well we need to put a lot of different looking suits so we could sell a lot of different looking toys yeah no I agree with that because yeah. they don't really serve a purpose otherwise they show up at the end of the movie. Some of them do some good. The other ones get destroyed. We don't get to look at any of them individually long enough to care about them. We don't know what their specific functions are. Clearly, some of them are used for different things. Now, if you do enough research, you can find a guide that will tell you this, the name of every suit. Because they had that Iron Man 3 had this thing on the phone where you can unlock the suits and all that kind of stuff. And it would tell you about each one. But shouldn't you tell us that in the movie? You know, it just looks like a bunch of random suits. And then they and then he blows them all up. I, I don't someone I was listening to something and somebody made a, a pretty good point that given the fact that these extremist soldiers were so hard to kill and Aldrich killing himself, which we haven't brought him up yet, but he was so difficult to kill, too. Tony sure was quick to blow up those suits. Now, what if he wasn't dead and he would have come back and I'm like, oh, I don't have a suit now. So I guess we're all just going to die. You know, like. Yeah. I get you wanted this big ending, but who is going to just blow their suits up like that? Especially when you think about, like, okay, all of the threats that he's faced and how difficult it was to kill these soldiers. 
and the fact that clearly something else really bad could happen at any moment. Aliens could invade. Let's destroy all of my suits. Yeah, you I, know, don't, like, I don't. You should probably hold on to one of those. Right. <laughs> and another another group another, that kind of ties into another point I wanted to make is that how they referenced the Avengers. Okay. Now, Tony he has anxiety now because of what happened in New York and whatever. But they don't really talk about it enough to really warrant us caring about that. Like, in my opinion, I was kind of like, I don't feel like he's I don't I didn't really feel like this movie took place in the same fucking city or planet as the Avengers, you know, because every time they brought it up, they quickly shut it down and kind of made a joke about it. It's like, yeah, I'll talk about it later. But don't slap the audience in the face by doing that. You know what I mean? Like. Okay, it's cool if Tony Stark wants to tell this kid, don't ask me about it. But don't tell the audience, don't ask you about it. Because we want to know. We want to see the connection. And a little 20-second flashback dream of him flying through a wormhole isn't enough. I get it. You want your movie to be able to stand on its own. You want Iron Man 3 to have its own story. And they did that. But at the same time, you can't expect us to buy into this continuous shared universe if you're not going to reference things and that ties back into what I was talking about earlier with shield not being in a movie at all. And this is a pretty huge threat. You know what I mean? Like they're saying that we're going to find out where shield was later on, but don't rely on that. You know, that's like saying, well, we know you're going to go see the next movie. So we'll just wait till then to tell you what I don't understand about the, uh, and this kind of goes into the absence of shield in the movie. Okay, so Tony Stark makes a very public threat to the Mandarin. And everybody, like the press, everybody's like flying around watching the mansion because at any moment it could get attacked and Tony's like at the ready. And, you know, obviously it happens. The helicopters come and blow up his mansion. Are you telling me that no one in the military was like, we should probably be watching this mansion too? (laughs) Thank you. Because I have to tell you, I thought it was so strange how they were just able to fly up to his house in these helicopters and start launching missiles. Like, yeah. you're telling me no one saw all of these different aircrafts in this airspace at one time and thought there was anything strange about that? No, it doesn't make any sense. Because it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, Especially with the existence the, of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know, someone in the military or S.H.I.E.L.D. or Rhodey himself should have been like, hey, let's put some F-16s on, like, a flying pattern so we could watch this mansion because it's going to get attacked. I mean, it didn't make any sense. No. It's definitely one of the dumbest parts of the movie. But at the same time, I have to say it was also one of my favorite parts of the movie. You know, we haven't talked much about the good. That whole sequence was awesome. My favorite part in the movie by far is when Tony calls the armor to Pepper. Like, that that was just... It was very emotional, you know what I mean? Like, it... I had this reaction that I wasn't expecting at that part. You know, like I felt it. They're like flying backwards in slow motion and he calls the armor to her. Like I thought that was the coolest thing in the movie by far. Um, I think my favorite part of the movie was uh, Eldrick Killian and his character. Uh, really? And the arc that they gave him. Yeah, I loved how they started it and you see this very weak like nerdy scientist that's just like desperate. But haven't and we I seen loved- that though? You know what well, I mean? no, but I, I just think that he played the character so well, and by the end of the movie, like, I don't know, I just, I really bought into, 
how evil they made his character and and i think that he was a really good villain i feel like they screwed up when it came to the mandarin Mm -hmm. and i thought it was i mean obviously they they did the trailers and the commercials to make it look like the mandarin is the main villain threat so and i'm sure they did that because they wanted the twist in the movie to be a twist you know they didn't want you to see it coming right but i feel like by doing that to the mandarin I don't know. It's it's kind of just spinning in the face of in like fifty years worth of comics, you know, like to to all of a sudden be like, now nah, the Mandarin, he's not even real, and he's just like an actor, and like it was the worst thing ever. Right. Like as soon as that happened, I I like it checked me out of the movie. It was like what? Well, and, and for me, it was it was dumb for all those reasons, but also because first of all, imagine if they just had made him a real villain. How cool it would have been! Like you've got yeah. you've got Ben Kingsley, you know what I mean? Like, why pass up a chance to have this great iconic villain? Because Aldous Killian, as much as as cool as good of an actor as Guy Pierce is, to me there was nothing special about that character. Because you were saying how you liked the fact that he was all nerdy in the beginning, but I've seen that so many times. I mean, wasn't that like Edward Nigma in freaking Batman and Forever? That was like. Uh, the leader or whoever who was the the villain in in green lantern the oh um yeah wasn't wasn't the leader was it no that's a hulk villain right who he has wow i'm way off please send your hate mail to geekly (laughs) (laughs) i can't remember his name it it was an actual character though from the comics and everything but i can't remember his name all of a sudden i've only watched that movie once and i didn't and it's not brainiac Right. No. See, I keep thinking. I keep thinking that's, of Brainiac and the leader. Well, at least I'm in the right universe on that one. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. I, I keep I keep thinking about Brainiac and the leader because of his head. You know what I mean? They all kind of have that weird brain head thing going on. But, sure. Oh, I just thought of it, but I forgot. Damn. Okay. Whatever. Point is, is that he was all kind of nerdy and a scientist and stuff in the beginning too. If we we've just seen that, we we saw that in what, and also Batman. Uh. For and Robin with Poison Ivy, you know Pamela Isley. She was all like nerdy and is a scientist, and then she became a villain. Like I just, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. We've seen it way too many times for me to get excited about it, you know. And I didn't think that his portrayal of Killian was unique enough to really. Besides that, we've also seen in every movie the whole story of. Iron, Tony having a deal with a former business partner or something like that. You know what I mean? Because in the first one, we had Obadiah Stane, who was his business partner. Oh, sorry. I'm turning against you. I want to do this. And the second one, while he and Justin Hammer may have not been friends, it still was the same thing. He's another corporate businessman. So then they do the same thing again in the third film with another shunned business associate of Tony's. I mean, come on. How much, how much more mean, cool would it have been to just have the Mandarin? Because that's new, yeah, right? Ultimately, I feel like it should have just been the Mandarin. Like, they really should have taken the time and effort to write a story involving the Mandarin that would have made sense and it would have been really good. I mean, and they, they could have. They could have, even like up to halfway through the movie, they could have still had it be the Mandarin. It's they just, could've. I don't know, they just decided not to. It also, it would have been a really good opportunity to introduce the whole mystical and magic aspect of the Marvel Universe. So that way, when they get to Doctor Strange or something like that, we've already kind of seen that stuff. 
You know what I mean? Like, they haven't really gone that route with it. But instead, I mean, I guess you can consider the extremist magic, but that's science. They could have even made the Mandarin, they could have gave him a scientific angle, you know. Some people were suggesting that his ten rings could have been uh, technological rings, you know what I mean? Like, sort of based on some of Iron Man's abilities or his technology or something. There just were so many options, and I just can't believe they really went with that. I mean, I don't... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. I think we're going a little bit over time. Uh, okay. But with that, with that just... said, I you know, it's right now. I can't decide if my least favorite out of the three is Iron Man two or three. Mm. You know, I almost feel like I enjoy an Iron Man two a little bit more than this one. But I, I really do feel like I need to watch Iron Man three again, not in the theater, but you know, when it comes out on DVD. And sit down and just kind of absorb it and see what I get from it. Because it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And we talked about this many times before. I always talk about the curse of the third film in a, in a trilogy or whatever. They're always, they always trail off. And I don't know why that is, you know. But it happened once again with the Iron Man franchise, if you ask me. You know, it's always that third movie that's kind of like... So with that said, oh, we have to talk quickly, very quickly about what happened af- after the credits, which was basically nothing. So, right. You know, him having a conversation <laughs> with Bruce Banner. I mean, okay, that's cool and all, but does that have anything to do? Does it tell us anything about future films? Does it? <laughs> does it foreshadow I think anything? It was, I think what it was was uh, they made the movie and they were like, oh, we have to do something to tie it in. You know, like. And they just kind of did whatever they could, you know. They clearly because like you, you wanted like oh you know we had like a Thanos tease at the end of Avengers, so you would think that all of the uh, teases at the end of these movies would build up on that, you know. But I don't know. I don't know why they did what they did, but they did. They could have done so much more with that. I mean, it almost seems like Iron Man three was written before the Avengers came out. And then after the Avengers came out, they said, oh, we have to go back and add something in there that kind of references it a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I wanted it to have its own individual story because then we would have gotten Iron Man 2 again. Because the problem with Iron Man 2 is that they were too focused on setting up the Avengers, you know, like with Nick Fury and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't want to repeat that. But at the same time, you got to give us more than that. You've set these expectations for us now. We're expecting something big at the end of the credits okay you showed us bruce banner that's cool because it showed us that they still exist in the same time period or whatever you know but come on that wasn't that was the least satisfying button that i've gotten at the end of one of these films so far and it makes me a little bit worried about what they're going to do with future films you know is thor going to lead to something else at some point they have to reference guardians in the galaxy and if they don't do that in Thor, then when the fuck would they do it? You know, so I, I don't know. But with that being said, I think it's time for us to go into the wrap up. All right. So once again, thank you guys for checking us out. Geekly Dose, we're back. I don't know how frequently we're going to come up with new episodes, but just 
Let us know your thoughts. As always, feel free to email us at geeklydose at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash awesome podcast network. There's also another podcast on that network, which we haven't talked about because we haven't been around, <laughs> but 80s Revisited. Take a blast to the past with 80s Revisited, where they talk about 80s films, movies, music, everything. Those guys have actually surpassed us in episodes now, but the Big Daddy is back. The original lead podcast has returned so look out trey and daniel we're coming well i don't know whatever (laughs) but yes please you can check us all out on itunes stitcher.com uh i don't know exactly what we're talking about next time for all i know our next podcast might be after man of steel comes out (laughs) i don't know maybe in the next episode we'll talk about our thoughts and expectations for that as well as whatever else is going on in movie news but we'll try to get it to you as soon as we can it's a little difficult Stephen long across the country i'm pretty busy he even has to go right now <laughs> so with that being said uh i hope i'm not forgetting anything but uh until next time for geekly dose yep. i'm tim bridgewater i'm steven nosentelli thank you guys we'll see you soon for your next dose At the Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesome podcast network. And follow us on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts.